0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode two of season two of True North Talk, featuring your hosts with the most, Peter Burtnett and Joseph Staten. And I'm sorry I did your intro, Peter. You can go ahead and uh, give your intro there.
1: I don't have too much to add. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening. It's kind of kind of a little weird though. Like we recorded the last the episode that went out last week, like several weeks ago. Just had you know busyness yeah. come up that kind of pre- kept us from posting it. So. In terms of actually recording this, it feels like it's been a while, but what what you guys as the audience have heard, you've heard it very recently. So thank you, though, for for coming back to this episode. Good to be back and looking forward to talking about some godly responsibilities today.
0: Yeah, this is an idea that popped up during the first recording, I think, Mm. wasn't it? We were sitting there talking and, you know, it just kind of naturally flowed from our conversation there. And if you guys have not already tuned into that, you know, we talked about... Uh, just our view, our vision for season two, but also trusting God with uh, finances and r- really just that whole responsibility. Um, and finances is a really big responsibility in general, but that kind of opened the door to like, okay, what about other responsibilities? Like what are other things that we are responsible for as men, as women, um, as Christians, as adults? You know, because this is a adult life is something that, I think we're still adjusting to Peter Um, you know being early 20s yeah yeah being early 20s and maybe that'd be a good place to start the podcast today is what are some challenges that you have faced and just adjustments to being an adult and being out on your own and being independent you know uh, as opposed to just going through you know you had the college years we both went to college like what are some of the adjustments that you had to make
1: yeah well, definitely and Correct me if I'm wrong, but both of us, even in college, I know I still lived at home and you did as well, correct? Yeah.
0: I lived at home probably for, for about half the time. Bit. The second okay. half I moved out, so True. yeah. But yeah, I was at home.
1: Yeah. So we, I mean, for me personally, definitely, I mean, it's it's what the t- topic, whenever somebody asks that question, it is the topic of this episode, responsibilities. That's what comes to mind to me. And I know it's a general statement, so I'll kind of specify a little bit more. It's just kind of the basics of, especially for, for both of us. You know, I know at times you've, you know, had roommates and everything, but when you're really on your own, you know, everything about your space, you're responsible for. Not, not quite in the same way as owning a house. Like you don't have to call, you know, somebody to come and repair it, but you gotta, you know, you gotta keep your place nice and you gotta make sure that everything's running. You gotta, you know, unless you want to spend a lot of money, which is kind of on that financial responsibility point, you're probably going to want to cook, cook at home as well. You gotta clean your clothes. It's probably something that your mom did for a while, um you know when you were at home so i would say those kind of adjustments obviously having to pay for bills and everything again financially that's a huge responsibility and really like managing your own time because even like when you're at home you still even even as you get older i know for me your schedule still kind of you know maybe not revolves but it still has a lot of input from your parents and and even like in college, you know, it's all around your class schedule. And I guess even now it's around your work schedule too. But for me, you know, my work schedule is pretty flexible. So it's, it's about figuring out how I can maximize the work that I'm putting in while having, you know, making sure that I have, you know, s- still some time to just take take a step back and have some some rest which is important too especially i mean like that's that's what i did most of today we're recording this on sunday leading up to the podcast i've pretty much just been kind of kind of relaxing all day today taking a good day to to rest up because i'm heading into a busy season with covering fall sports for those who who maybe <clears> are new to the podcast or don't know i'm i'm a sports editor i cover uh, mostly high school sports and those are ramping up big time especially i mean they started last week they're really ramping up this week so it's it's something that I've learned too, is you know being able to balance that time better, and that doesn't even get into what we'll talk about in this episode about like character traits and really developing those more, because again, you you have your parents there to kind of lead you along that way in like you know to, to being you know a hard worker, being loving, being strong, and being honorable are the points that we're going to talk about. But once you're on your own, you know even if you have you know, good con good regular contact with your parents, or you have friends around you who are who are positive influences, you still have to really figure out those things yourself. And but really, we don't have to do it by ourselves, because we have God in in our corner. I think that's what we'll talk a lot about in this episode today.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, whether you went to college or not, or had that adjustment period, maybe you had to adjust immediately at age 18, or even earlier, sometimes people are forced to step into adulthood and responsibility. Um, I think that these principles that we're going to talk about today are applicable to just about anybody Um, because I have seen a good amount of adults even who have still not adjusted. And, you know, part of being an adult, part of, especially being a, a man of God or a woman of God is taking responsibility for who you are and doing an inventory, taking inventory, you know, it's, it, Peter you see these four points I kind of broke things down in the outline this week um, I think these are four general areas that we can like look at and point to and kind of mm-hmm. take a internal inventory of our character and make sure that we are being responsible and taking responsibility for who we are as people and as men and women of God so yeah I think it's interesting here in some of the th- the same for myself, you know, moving out and, and after going through college and everything like that, there is a transition period where you realize like, yeah, it's on me to like carry forth the things I was taught as a kid. Like, it's not just going to be spoon fed to me. I I don't have to, you can't just run on autopilot and still be a responsible person. You know, responsibility takes work. It takes effort. And usually, you know, this is kind of going into a, a different aspect of things. Um, but me and Peter our conversations like outside the podcast and just about life in general and kind of some of the motivational stuff we, we, uh, you know, both like to talk about and, and just as friends, it really goes back to like, if we have to, if you want to be successful in life, if you want to do anything that takes, that is hard, uh, or or is, you know, like a, a very high goal or something like that, it takes effort every single day to cultivate like what's required to achieve that. It takes effort. So the things we're going to talk about today, they're not easy to cultivate, but they take effort. Uh, but the beautiful thing is if you put the effort in every single day and you work on these things slowly, you'll start to see the rewards. You'll reap the rewards over time. So it's this is a very valuable episode. I think it's going to be a really good one. Um, yep. But I'm not sure if you have anything else you want to touch on regarding that before we go ahead and get into the episode. But if so now would be the time. And if not, we can go ahead and head to the outline.
1: I think I'm ready to, to jump in, jump into that first first point.
0: Cool. So four responsibilities of a godly man and woman we're going to talk about today. The first one is going to be to love. We have a responsibility to love. Um, now, this can look like a couple different things. This can look like um, loving our neighbor as ourself, as Jesus commanded, uh, loving God above all else, you know, do we have idols in our lives? That's that's a big one right there is what is in our lives is preventing us from loving God. And, you know, that can look like a, like a whole bunch of different things. But before we get into the details, Peter, do you want to read Matthew 22, 37 through 39?
1: Yeah. And I'll I'll read also just 36 just to provide some context. The Pharisees and, and Sadducees or the Pharisees got together and asked Jesus, Teacher, what which is the greatest commandment in the law? And so I think I wanted to just add that because I think it's important to kind of emphasize why we're talking about this one first, because Jesus will say here that loving God and others is the greatest commandment. So let's let's get into that, though, if you want to follow along. This is Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Other translations also say with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it: love your neighbor as yourself. And then all the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Just again, kind of hammering home the value to both of these, both of these different types of love.
0: Yeah, and I, I want to circle back kind of to something we talked about earlier. Actually, this was season the season one topic: um, the Shema, the greatest commandment, uh, loving God and loving our neighbor. And I think. For those of you listening to the episode, um, you know, this is a really good pointer for spreading the gospel, for owning your faith. You know, people have a hard time defining what Christianity is about. They have a hard time defining or defending some of the principles because sometimes it can be ambiguous um, and and complex to try to break down and simplify the Bible and all its principles into one simple thing. But here we go right here, straight from the words of Christ. This is the greatest commandment. This is the most important thing right here. So if you had to if you had to boil down our faith into one kind of passage, I think this is a great thing to point to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Loving God above all else with all your heart, soul, and strength, um, and loving your neighbor as yourself. These are this is the greatest commandment. This is the most simple way to break down our faith. Now, with that being said, um, kind of going to open it up here with a question. And to you, Peter, in your life and what you've seen in your life, what is the difference between godly love as we're commanded to love with versus worldly love or just what other people think love is?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's something that I don't have a perfect answer to, but I think I can provide at least some some understanding I need input a perfect answer. It to the listener needs an absolutely perfect answer. <laughs> well, I'm no, just saying- No error at all. <laughs> don't have that expectation, but I guess now it's being put on me. So this this better be perfect. I better better get into it. Better make sure this is right. But
0: 10-minute <laughs> monologue. Here we go right now. Go. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, I'll, I'll, what I will start with, I feel like worldly love is a little bit easier maybe to talk about because it's what we experience on- a daily basis just in our interaction with others and i yeah, would so say what it,
0: so what is worldly love exactly. there you go. that's an easy yeah. way to go about yeah. it
1: so worldly love is and, and I'll obviously answer what godly love is then too because i've had a lot of time reading the bible and seeing what that looks like from from the word and from other christians other true believers i would say worldly love though first is almost self-serving like loving others and showing love, so maybe you feel better about yourself, or maybe you can benefit from caring for somebody else. And it's not, you know, there are conditions to it. There are expectations that you're going to receive it back. There are, you know, the, the wrong motivations. You know, you say you love somebody, talking romantically. You say you love them just so you can, you know, have sex with them, or just so you can, you know, make feel them feel love. better for, or feel love in in the world's eyes. Um, And it's just, it's kind of, you know, the song, isn't there, there, I think there's a song or something looking for love in all the wrong places. And I think it's so true. We just, we look to people a lot of times to provide love. And that's certainly possible, especially when people are sharing love from a God-centered perspective. But a lot of times we depend on people to provide love for us rather than looking to, to the true source. So that's, I think that's how I would summarize worldly love. And then on the flip side of that, godly love is sacrificial. It's unconditional. It's unending. It, it doesn't look out for the benefits of the one who's giving the love. It looks for the one who's receiving the love. When you're loving somebody in a godly way, you're thinking about, first of all, how, how can I glorify God in the way that I'm loving this person? And then second, how, how can this benefit this person and lift them up? rather than looking yeah. at oh how can i how can i further my relationship with this person so that i receive something back you know when when god loves us it wasn't with the intention for us to do anything more than to just accept it that's what the love of jesus jesus christ Christ's sacrifice on the cross was that was like that that is literally the ultimate outpouring of love because he was and it, it even fulfills this commandment in in the way that he loved lord the lord his god which obviously is his father as well with all his heart with all his soul and with all his mind and with all his strength that he literally made himself nothing take on the very nature of a servant being crucified on the cross and that's like that literally we we can never honestly achieve that as human beings that level of love towards god of course but that yeah. it gives us a picture of what that looks like and then love your neighbor as yourself I mean, he, Jesus literally gave up his life for every single person that, that will accept, accept the message of that love. And that's, that's all we have to do is just accept that. And then we're called once we do accept that to go and spread it out to other people. So, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a compare and contrast here. It's a beautiful picture of, you know, what the world looks for, where they look for love, how they display it, why they display it versus what the perfect picture of it was, which is Jesus And he gives us this, again, amazing commandment here. And even I I would almost say like this boils it down, like you said, into maybe I don't want to say most simplest, but like easy, easy to understand form. But the manifest manifestation of that was Jesus dying on the cross for our sins.
0: Yeah. And an interesting thing to think about, too, with worldly love, what you're saying about it is, you know, and Peter, you actually probably heard this with my the Publius podcast last night. I was talking about. Uh, on my political talk show that I'm building as we speak, go um, go
1: subscribe to that on Substack. Yeah, it, it's, it's on Substack listening, now. Listening. I, yeah.
0: I think I'm going to start putting it on, uh, you know, Spotify and Apple as well, just nice. to get it out. But you know, early stages building that. But the the point was about you know from a moral perspective, like why why are wh- how can you fight for human rights if you don't understand why humans are valuable? Mm-hmm. You know. On the political side of things, I'm talking about like leftism and how it's fighting for human rights and they want to claim to fight for human and women, women's rights, but they don't, they also don't claim that, you know, all human beings are made in the image of God, which gives them value.
1: Right.
0: So in the same way with worldly love, it's like, can the unbeliever really even claim to have a reason to care for others? Can they even have a reason to love others other than it makes me feel good? Yep. Like, yes, yes, they say, you know, I want to serve others. I want to, you know, leave the world in a better place than when I left it. That's like, that's actually a common answer I've heard from people who don't believe in God as to what the purpose of life is, to leave this place in a better spot than it was when I came into it. But what ultimately does that do? Like, what ultimately does that matter if the people you're serving and leaving it in a better place for don't have any value? Like, you want to love your neighbor, Why does it matter to love your neighbor? Because they are a human being who's made in the image of God. They have inherent value. God has given them value. And the same reason, you know, behind your and I's view of reality with morality of, like, why does it matter to be good? You know, why does it matter to be virtuous, to be a good citizen, to be responsible, you know, to care for your family, to care for your children? Because all of these human beings are individuals with their own rights given to them by God they have their value given to them by God. These are, you know, inherent truths that you have to have in order to to display the, you know, godly love. Um if you don't have that basis behind your understanding of love, then even if you want to love in a godly way, you can't. So, you know, that's an understand that's an understanding that comes when you uh grasp the gospel. When you grasp these different things is like okay, now I understand what love means. Now I know why it's important to love others. And that can genuinely change a perspective. I mean, that's why people, you know, people do change. They have transformations when they become saved, when they find the truth and they find God and the Holy Spirit, and it changes them because they're like, wow, okay, now I understand. This person's treating me like trash today, but I'm still going to love them because, you know what, it's not, it's not on me to, do, you know, to reciprocate that. It's not on me to, to carry out. What needs to be carried out? It's God's duty and I'm going to love them as he's commanded me. That is something that is not natural to us human beings, but it requires knowing the word and having that godly love to display it. And that, honestly, every time that happens in your life, every time it happens in my life, it's a victory for God because we are choosing his nature over our nature. And what did he say? My ways are not your ways. Mm-hmm. My thoughts are not your thoughts so we have to choose and we have to put effort in to do this thing um to display godly love that's what i said at the very beginning of these things we're going to talk about is it, it's a conscious decision a lot of the times you have to choose to overcome your flesh and overcome you know the human nature to do it but as you're saying peter and as i was just saying that choice it basically you know it leads to freedom it leads to you feel peace in your soul the peace of god that transcends all understanding amen so Yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty, I mean, that's, I kept it simple with love. I think that's, that's a really good one to point to. Um, And love is also going to be the theme underlying all the other, the things we're going to go over today. So unless you have anything else specifically with love you want to touch on before we move on to the next responsibility, um, I'll go ahead and and dive into that one.
1: Just want, I really liked what you said about how it's uh, transformative. It really does transform who we are as human beings and why, why we love others.
0: Yeah, it's because
1: Jesus first loved us.
0: Yes, and you know what? That sets you apart as well. I mean, people will notice that. Yeah. When you display that love, people do notice it, and it attracts people who are unbelievers, who are, who, what's that? How does the Bible verse say it about those who are, like, prepared to hear the gospel, like the, sowing the seed? Uh, some of it's fertile ground, some of it's yeah, non-fertile some, ground. Some,
1: I mean, it's the parable of the sower. You look at the ground that is what like it's it's the path it's like trodden on and simply can't be can't grow there because the sun beats down on it all day or it's sown into the thorns where it grows up a little bit people you know they kind of non-believers they they pick up on some of it they want to learn more and then they kind of get choked out by other influences and or also on the path where birds can come in and take it away um so that again kind of in a similar way people who or or people or doubts or whatever that kind of just take take that away but then when it's planted in the fertile soil obviously that's that's when god god does his work
0: yeah and if you're displaying that character if you're displaying that love then somebody who has fertile soil for you know a figurative term that might be the thing that gets them to see god
1: Mm -hmm.
0: if you're around these people they will see it in you and you know what? There's going to be people who see you do this, and they're they're going to despise you because of it. Because they might hate God, and seeing God's nature displayed in a human being makes their spirit angry. But you know what? It's it's worth it every every day of the week. It's worth it to take on, um, take on that godly nature as much as we possibly can. Even though it's a choice, it's hard. It's not easy, but uh, it is worth it. So, right. the next. Responsibility. So we have to love. Number one. Number two, to work. And this is one that's kind of ingrained in American culture. When you say Peter about working, the importance of working. I've heard people uh, complain. I've heard Americans complain, especially younger Americans, about like how the American culture is so fast. Especially in comparison to like the UK, for example. I think they have a lot more holidays and they work on average 30 hours a week or something like that. In America it's like 40. Right. If you're a man, you're working overtime. You're expected to kind of work overtime especially as a provider. Work is ingrained in our culture here in America. It's something we're expected to do and honestly, it's something that men I, in specific I feel like are geared to do. You know, we it's easy to get lost in work. It's easy to you know, yeah, get lost in work and just you know, it's enjoyable. That grind is kind of enjoyable, you know, and that, and yeah. that shows up. I feel like you want to, you, you could talk on that Peter is like something we both have experienced is like the challenge in life is kind of, it, it kind of like, I don't know, the challenge and the grind, it kind of just, there's something about being a man and masculinity. It's just like, it feels good to just get in that grind. <laughs> and yeah. Just work. I mean,
1: it especially helps when, when you're doing something you enjoy doing, But it is, it's almost like it's this nature, like even when it's something, I know we've both been in jobs that we didn't particularly like, it's still this almost driving desire to still accomplish something basically is the best way I could summarize it. And that's the same thing when I'm, you know, writing a story or or taking pictures at a game and combining those together, it's, or even writing a story just from, from here in my apartment or wherever it might be is, is always just that drive and desire. And again, it helps because I really do enjoy doing that a lot, but It is this just, again, internal desire that I believe, I know you do as well, comes from God and comes from the command that he has for us to, that we'll kind of go over in these verses here, but it is to, you know, just do our very best, do it all, all for the Lord, for the glory of of God, the father. And it is, yeah, it's, it's this internal motivation that just drives me every day. Even, even days that I don't, that I don't, you know, my flesh doesn't want to, it's like, no, you know, you you need to get this done. You need to accomplish something today. And yeah, I mean and it is it is important. I think that's why God commanded us to have a Sabbath, to at least, you know, to have one day of the week where you can just take take one step back and just kind of recharge and everything. But it isn't it isn't a day to be lazy or let let thoughts come in like, "Oh, yeah, this is nice. I wish I could do this all the time." But instead just even make the most of, of a day of rest and just to really prepare yourself for, for the, you know, weeks and and days, yeah, days and weeks and months ahead. And yeah, just that, that motivation to work again is something that I believe is, is given to us as, as men, as, as particularly men of God.
0: Yeah. But, well, you also have people who don't want to work though, you know, like, there's both sides of it. Like it's in the, it's, I think the innate desire is there. I just think it also depends on your environment you grew up around. Mm -hmm. Like if you grow up in a house where like, if you, if you see your parents don't work, they're on unemployment, government assistance, they're not getting this, you know, they're not working. It's like that can easily affect your view of work. And that's why God said it's command, but it's also a curse. If you read, um, Genesis, um, Hmm. the initial, you know, kicking out of the garden Yep. Um and see, I, I put Genesis two fifteen on here. I'm not sure if this is the exact one, but this says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work, to work it and take care of it. And the well, Lord this, commanded this was the even man
1: before this is even before the fall too. Yeah. This is yeah. before.
0: Yeah. So um, the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. So yeah, this is prior. Yep. Um But even b- before the fall, I thought, I thought that was kind of compelling. It was like, before the fall, before, you know, we had to, I mean, before starvation was even a risk before you could even die, right. Mm -hmm. Before death was introduced, the man was still put there to work. And I thought that was compelling because it's like, even before that was a lot of a man's purpose was working and taking care of things, you know? And I think that speaks to what we're just talking about is like, Mm -hmm. as a man, especially it is your duty. It's your godly responsibility to work um to provide yeah to provide and I, I think a lot of guys our age I don't know I, I think there's a generational difference like my dad's generation our dad's generation both of us I see a lot of like just a hard-working dudes like they're just they're grinders my dad I know especially like you know went to trade school worked really hard even the jobs he does now it's like he's a hard worker and he yep. kind of instilled that work ethic into me as well you know
1: yeah, and I, definitely, I, definitely, I, was, I know that's the biggest, aside from God, the biggest source that I credit my work ethic for is the way that yeah. my dad just, you know, in a way that didn't make me feel like overwhelmed at all. But just like, you know, when you do something, because the verse that we're going to read here, Colossians, well, it's Colossians 3.17 is his life verse. It's kind of similar to what we'll read in Colossians 3.23, uh, but just like whatever you do, whether in, in word or deed, do it all for the, for the, for the Lord. So I mean, I'll get the exact wording on that once we get into Colossians. But yeah, it's it's yeah, definitely something that I think comes from from deep down in in how God created us.
0: Yeah. Um, and I was going to, you know, basically say that was what I saw in that gender. Even my mom, she's a very hard worker. She she mm-hmm. instilled the work I think into me, into me as well. Um, but I'm seeing I've seen a lot of kids and guys that are younger in our age and they just they don't want to work for what they have. I think it's, I think it is a cultural thing because of, you know, a lot of my friends and people my age, and you can speak to this if you've seen this as well, but like, you know, they grew up, they lived at home, they lived at home, you know, and, and you're definitely a separate case. Like there's people who stayed at home during college to save money. And there's people who, who lived at home during college and just did nothing. And, you know, they're still there. And I think people who were kind of pampered And people our age that I see doing that, I see a lot of it is like they just don't know the value of work. They don't know the fact that they have to go and get it, you know. And I think it's a message that needs to be preached because when you are, especially when you're approaching like a family and marriage, I mean, how in the world are you going to lead your family if you don't want to (laughs) work? How in the world are you going to lead your wife, for example, if you don't see the value in work? Or that provide. God has commanded,
1: as I mentioned earlier, being a provider. Like, if you're not working, you're yeah. not going to be bringing in enough to support, to provide.
0: Yeah, so, so I feel like now would be a good time to go ahead and, and hit that Colossians.
1: Yeah, scripture. I, I, I just wanted to add something real quick from after the fall because it is it is important to have the understanding that work isn't easy. Um, so I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna read quickly Genesis three seventeen through nineteen if that's cool. Yep to Adam he said because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which i commanded you you must not eat from it cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil you will eat you will eat food from it all the days of your life it will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for for dust you are and to dust you will return so it is it is important to know that it's it's not going to be easy but obviously God is there to to help lead us through and he'll, he'll always give us what we need to, to continue to just go after that motivation.
0: I think it's important too, to note and understand like that doesn't mean that you're going to hate your work. You know, you're not going to have to hate your work, but with whatever job you do, you can have your, the best job in the world that is suited for you. There's going to be days where you don't feel like working mm-hmm. and that's part of especially being a man is like overcoming that you know what i don't really want i don't want to but i'm still going to do it anyways that's so important and that's yeah that's like that could be its own episode i feel like hmm. um doing what you what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it anyways and what that leads to because that's something you know I know, again, that you can relate to this too with working out, especially you know when I go on runs and when I was more heavily into, into weightlifting and when you're working out now, that is such a common thing of a mental hurdle you have to overcome. And that's manifests in so many different areas of life is I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing it right now. And if you listen to that and you give in, you're stuck and you're not going to make any progress. But if you just push through that barrier, it's oftentimes it, the obstacle is the way that obstacle that you feel like you don't want to do is your way to success. You just have to step through that door. You have to step through, you know, the great filter. <laughs> yeah. I remember I made a video actually for true North. It's it's on the channel. Uh, I think it's called stepping through the great filter of Jesus Christ. But like yep. stepping through that great filter, pushing past that barrier is oftentimes the very key you need to succeed when you just least feel like doing it, yep. it kicks you into the next gear.
1: Yeah. So. And I, I will add to that both in, both in working out and in my faith, you know, something like it might not seem like I wouldn't say it's really a challenge to like be in the word every day, but it's more something that's easy to forget. Um, and so just making that a priority of being in the word and similarly with working out what we you were talking about, it being a challenge. Like I've gotten to the point now where it's it's a part of my day and it's honestly a part of my day that I look forward to. Like, there, of course, there are times where it's not always going to feel like that. And certainly in the past, there were times where it was tougher to get in there and to feel the motivation and everything to do it but i believe in a similar way with faith god gets us to a point where when we commit to doing something enough times and we kind of repeat repeat that process he he gets us to a point where we're comfortable and then then when you get to that point it's about taking another step further it's pushing yourself more in the gym or pushing yourself you know closer to god and just really diving deeper and deeper into that relationship with him and so i yep. think i think that's the key cuz there it's a constant process it doesn't really ever go away because you also you don't want to get stuck in the, the ordinary and in the comfortable. It's it's very yeah. important to get to a point where you are comfortable being uncomfortable. I think that's a big yep. thing that a lot of people are afraid of not being comfortable. I know that's something that I felt at times, but it really is about trusting God when you take that step out, even if you're, you know, you take took, took that first step and then you get to a point where you're comfortable dealing with, you know, whatever it might be, whether it's faith or or even love or working as we talking about on this point whatever it is you'll get to a point where you feel comfortable with where you're at but god wants you to, to probably take it even a step further and so i just want to encourage you know everybody everybody listening and for for myself and joe as well to always always keep pressing on fighting the good fight
0: yeah and a good quote that i always kind of go back to whenever i'm taking something on that seems daunting. Is action precedes belief when it comes to faith, action oftentimes precedes belief. If you feel like you don't you can't do it if you if you don't believe you can do it, but you still think you can that's kind of a weird thing right there to try to wrap your mind around what I just said, right. but if you like I, I think I can do this, but you just you don't feel that belief. Action precedes belief a lot of the times. so taking action is what precedes your belief, even if you're having a tough time feeling close to God taking the action of reading the Bible and praying will precede your belief and your feeling of faith, you know?
1: Amen.
0: And not necessarily belief if you're more mature in your faith, but I guess just feeling close to God. You know, the action will precede the feeling. Uh, I can tell you how many times I've I've sat down and read and I feel, at the beginning I didn't feel that close to God. By the end of it, I feel like, okay, wow, that's a huge difference. Yep. Um, and Definitely. just the small things that make such a big difference with that is, is something I wanted to note, but uh, just for time's sake, we do need to get in the scripture. So, um, did you want to read Colossians three twenty three through twenty four?
1: I also grab seventeen because it kind of ties into, and I know my dad will appreciate if, he, if he's listening to this episode, hearing this verse because it's his his life verse. So, this is nice. Colossians three seventeen, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And then picking up in verse twenty three. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving.
0: Yeah, and, I, and the reason I included that verse is because this is something I've been tested with recently, and it, it is that realizing your work, that whatever you do for work is not ultimately for your job or where you are right now or your boss or whatever. You're working for God, you know? Okay doing everything with the attitude of i'm doing this for god and you know what that also will set you apart in your work because if you if you truly do that you're going to be the best at what you do you're going to take everything you do serious you're going to walk in every day you're going to do the best job you can because you're doing it for god you're not doing it for anybody else human beings are going to let you down you're going to be frustrated in your work sometimes but having that attitude is what will keep you in check so i think that was that's such an important thing to keep in mind um I'm going to go ahead and grab Galatians four six four through 5 here. Um, let's see. And this is just, you know, hitting home on that responsibility point. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take, uh, take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. So testing our own actions, taking pride in what you're doing for yourself, not comparing yourself to anybody else, and taking yeah, everybody, each one should carry their own load. So... Kind of simple, but also important, you know, taking extreme ownership, responsibility for where you are in your life, not pointing any, any fingers saying you're not where you want to be because anybody, <laughs> it's kind of a quote almost from Rocky, I almost quoted there, <laughs> not point your fingers saying you ain't want to be because of her or, her or him or anybody <laughs> that ain't you, anybody. cowards do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cowards do that. Cowards do that and they're not you, yeah. <laughs> that's not you're you. You're better than
1: that. You're better than that. That's how winning is done. i've seen plenty of those videos on you i mean i've seen those movies plenty of time and seen motivational videos on youtube with with those quotes so that's that's a pretty familiar one for me i absolutely love that clip anytime i feel like
0: discouraged i'll put that on like you know what you're right (laughs) he's right that's one way to get (laughs) hyped that's for sure yeah yeah it's kind of funny though how close that was to scripture it is i wonder if it was
1: inspired or if it was just deep down in the conscience i don't know Got to, got to wonder yeah, about that sometimes. Funny. Yeah. One, one thing I wanted but, to add from, from Galatians real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Is, uh, it says in verse seven, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the, the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It's good stuff. There you go. Right Persistence, there. yes, sir.
0: Persistence. You know, trust in the process. Um, all important aspects in work. Uh, now, I feel like the next, <clears throat> the next responsibility that we're going to touch on. Well, the, really, the next two can relate to work as well. And the, the next two we're going to touch on is to be strong and to be honorable. Hmm. And before even going into those scriptures, Peter. Um, I guess let's start with honorable and it's kind of out of order, but like what does being honorable look like, especially in your work, for example? Um, how have you seen that in your life?
1: I would say, first of all, being honest about your work, whether, you know, you're putting in your own hours or whether you have a project that you're working on and maybe you're working on it with a team or something like that. And, you know, maybe, maybe you didn't take all the load that you needed to, or somebody else didn't. It's being honest about that. It's, honoring the, you know, just unique things about the people that you work with, you know, being compassionate about that, honoring them for, even if even if those things don't align with what we believe in as believers, it's having compassion on them, being understanding, having patience and respect. Obviously, be, standing up for our faith as well, it's, that's something that I think that would be good to talk about in an episode, is how to balance standing up for God while also being respectful and patient and compassionate with others who don't accept the message. Um, so maybe, Mm. maybe something for us to jot down for later, but yeah, being honorable to me in the workspace specifically, as you asked would just be again, especially honesty. It would be also, I mean, it's honorable to put forth, put forth your best effort as well, because you're not honoring the people that you work with and especially not your employer, if you're not putting your best foot forward. And so I think those, those are a couple of areas for me that really best exemplify being honorable in work specifically.
0: Yeah. And and I would a hundred percent agree, especially honesty because honesty in work is so important. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of people are not honest in their work. And, and honestly, uh, I would say, I wouldn't, I don't know about most, but a good amount of people I've worked with are not honest in their work. They'll cut corners. Yep. They'll sweep stuff under the rug. I mean, the job I have right now, <clears throat> a lot of the things we do are detail oriented. And, you know, if you don't, if you don't put your best foot forward and effort in on on each project, it won't necessarily be noticed right away, but it will impact everybody down the road, you know? And just because you won't, you will get away with it in the short term. It's just going to be a headache for somebody down the road. So that's something I've been challenging with my work and my current job is every day when I'm handed a task or a project to make sure that I'm taking the time, even if it's tedious to be honest in those projects and, the, and that work, because, um, I know that spiritually, you know, this is the thing too, is like spiritually, these principles that God puts in his word, they're not for no reason. There are, there are physical and real consequences. If you don't follow these principles, there's no such thing. And Peter and I were just, we're talking about this earlier. There's no such thing as a free lunch hmm. to, to go back to like an economics term. There's no such thing as getting away with, with these things. I mean, somebody will pay, you will pay spiritually. You'll pay ultimately with God. Yep. If you break the spiritual laws, he gives us. Amen. That's something that, um, Jordan Peterson talks about quite a bit. I'm a pretty big fan of Jordan Peterson with honesty and lies. He's, he's a psychologist, a clinical psychologist. And he says all the time, he's like, I've never had a client who has ever gotten away with anything with dishonesty with, um, character, you know, people who take shortcuts, um, Right. There's no such thing as taking a shortcut. There's no such thing as getting away with it. You will pay one way or the other if you're taking shortcuts.
1: And even selfishly, like you don't want to think this way, but it's it's this idea too that I've definitely seen in my own life and from others where the longer that you're dishonest with somebody, especially in work or I mean it's, I mean, I would say almost more so in relationships, It's like the the harder it is to get their trust back, the longer it takes and the more devastating it is when that trust is broken. And So if you're not yeah. being honest from the get-go or if you are dishonest, if you're holding off on that and just letting it just kind of uh, sit there and you don't do anything about it, let, let the person or people know, that's only going to make things worse. And that's that's from almost a worldly perspective of like I don't want things to yep. be worse for me too. And if that, so if that's what it takes for somebody listening to this episode, then you know ho- I hope that helps. But even more so, even more importantly – it dishonors God when we're dishonest. Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, the most important Which thing. Which creates, and hopefully most people internally who are understand that, but
0: yeah. And, and internally too, it creates a dissonance in your character and who you know you are and who you know you should be with God. Yep. Doubt. And, and, you know, also like you're saying, if you're going dishonest in your work for a long time, you know, you're not putting in your best work and you're not being honest about it. Uh, it's going to take your confidence away too. When you interact with your superior and they're, mm-hmm. you know, when you're just talking about the job and everything you're doing, it's just, it takes your confidence away when you know deep down, I'm you're, I'm not actually doing what I should be doing fully. I'm taking shortcuts. I'm not putting my best foot forward. And there is like, there's several scriptures about this and it's not even necessarily about like monetarily, but like giving, you know? And, and I think I've, we talked about a proverb recently. I don't remember when that was, maybe when you came out for the wedding. But um, the irony of like, even when you don't feel like you have enough or you have nothing to give, the person in that position who gives mm-hmm. like will be blessed beyond belief that if you give when you, even when you don't feel like you can give the, you know, what you will receive in return is so, so great.
1: Yeah, well, and it's that comes even, it's with work story too. Jesus too. I don't know if this is what we talked about. It probably was a proverb, but it makes me think of the the story of the woman who had like two coins And she was in the temple and she gave, that was all she had. And she gave all of that to, to God. Yep. And so it's, it isn't, it it doesn't mean, I don't know. I don't want to say this because then it creates like an out for us. Like, but it it doesn't always mean we have to give up all that we have, but at least spiritually and like emotionally and sometimes financially too. That's what the Lord calls us to do is to give up everything, to give up everything to him. Job. Yeah.
0: Job, shout out Job.
1: Yeah, shout out Job. He was a true, a true man of God, a man of character and patience and persistence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and read a couple of scriptures here on being honorable. Mm-hmm. And for time's sake, I just want to be aware of time. We probably right. need to, we do need to move on to the last point here. But I'm gonna take um, they're they're kind of short. So, do you want to take the last few uh, proverbs? Yeah, and I'm gonna I'll pull up Psalms. There. Okay. So Psalm 84, 11, uh, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from them who walk uprightly. You hear that? No good thing will be withheld from those who walk uprightly. If you walk uprightly, God is telling you, nothing good will be withheld from you. You'll be given so many good things. And it's not that you should walk uprightly to receive the good things, but it's just is what it is. It's, it's just a part of walking righteously is God will bless you. Um, Psalm 119, and this is a a little bit longer, but I'm just going to fly through this. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes, and they seek them with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. A lot there, but simply put, verse 1, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. That kind of touches on the peace and beauty that comes from knowing the law and having it in your heart, but just the reality of the blessing you receive from walking uprightly.
1: Yeah, and my, my quick takeaway from that passage before I dive into the Proverbs is where it says rejoice in following your statutes like finding joy we've talked about this in a previous episode in season one finding joy in the commandments of the lord because when we do when we do pursue that we can truly find joy in that it might seem crazy crazy to some but i i truly believe that and i have felt that when you follow after the lord's commands and you remain pure and all out for him you feel that joy of the Lord. And so I think that's yeah, another key point from that. And for those who maybe want to go back, obviously, because again, time's sake, we're going through a little quickly here, but Psalms one nineteen one through 16 is that passage that Joe read. I would encourage everybody listening and maybe even both of us after this episode to go back and read that and kind of take a deeper look at, yeah. at what was, what was said there. But if there's anything to add, I'll jump into the Proverbs. Sure. Okay. So Proverbs 2 verse 7 he holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. And then Proverbs mm. 28, 6, that's good stuff. Pre- pretty similar to what you read in Psalms, but... Um, <clears throat> better the poor whose walk is blameless than the rich whose ways are perverse. That one that one's really powerful, I think. Blessed yeah. the poor whose walk is blameless than the rich whose ways are perverse. It's saying it's better not not to have a lot as long as your ways are blameless than to have a lot but be perverse. Yeah, and
0: I think it it goes along with the prior verse too about he holds success in store for the upright. Hmm. That's pretty interesting, isn't it?
1: Well, and success, I I feel like we always, we often, as just as people, as human beings, we attribute success to to monetary gain, but that isn't always what it is, especially when you're talking about faith matters. A lot of times it's just having having that strong relationship with God. It's having people come alongside you, whether it's a spouse, whether it's, a, you know, a wife for Joe and I, whether it's just people, friends that you know, whatever it is, it's it's having those relationships, it's having success in terms of our faith. And yeah, sometimes it does come in the form of, you know, possessions or money, whatever you want to call it, but ultimately that's not what we're pursuing, of course.
0: Right. And I just looked at the different translations ESV and King James Version both say wisdom. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Mm-hmm. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity.
1: That's so, even
0: better. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's just shield for those yeah. who walk in integrity. And literally, I just had an experience of this in my life with something where I and I shared this with you too, Peter. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But basically, where I felt like. You know, it was me and another person and we were going for a position and, you know, my character and my, you know, whatever was on display and it was under review and uh, for this position. And I I felt like there was a pretty clear distinction and, you know, it's easy to feel if you didn't get that, like, you know, kind of dismayed or, or just disappointed or um, like, what the heck, you know, what happened here? But it's not about that. You know, I know that I walk with the Lord and having that mindset when you don't, when something doesn't go your way, when somebody, when you feel like the world, you know, wins, like that proverb about, you know, better is one who's poor who walks righteously than one who's uh, rich and walks perversely, you know, ultimately the Lord will bless you and and he wins. God wins every time. And um, it's just so refreshing. Like he's a shield who walk, a shield to those who walk in integrity that is a reminder, and that's that's a scripture right there that like if you have that in your heart, really no matter what you go through in life, you know you're protected, and you know that like God has a better plan in store, and it's just like you said, it brings peace, it just brings peace um so that's just really good stuff there
1: right
0: um but to wrap things up here we're gonna we're gonna kind of go quickly through this one here. we're already almost to an hour in the show, so Um, the last pillar of responsibility is to be strong. Um, and this is kind of a weird one too, because, you know, our culture, I feel like it's either hot or cold. It's either one extreme of the spectrum or the other. Hmm. It's either, you know, strength is bad. Masculinity is horrible. And I don't want to attribute strength just to masculinity, but it kind of is more in that area. Um, I feel like it's either, you should not be traditional man, strong, blah, blah, blah. Or you just need to suck it up and deal with everything red pill, you know, never deal with your emotions, never any of that. So Peter, I just want to ask you first and just briefly kind of, you know, what does that mean to you that we need to be strong, especially as men of God? Like, what does that look like to you?
1: think to me it means standing up for the faith. I think that's something that I've honestly learned a little bit more recently in just, you know, talking with Joe and personal experiences and everything is not, you know, being unashamed of the gospel. And it's not to say that I ever was ashamed of it, but I felt like maybe I wasn't fully being strong in that. So that's, that's one area being strong for the Lord, representing proudly his name and his power and his glory and his love. Um, But it's also being strong for, for those around you, you know, for, for Joe having, having a wife now for, for me having, having a future wife as well, um, is being strong for them. Shout out. Shout out.
0: (laughs) Shout out to somebody special.
1: Shout out to somebody very special. Yeah. And I know, I know Joe's got somebody very special too. So, you know, being, I got somebody very
0: special over there about 15 (laughs) feet away from me, smiling at me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah being, yeah, being strong for them, being strong for future children, for future generations, being strong also even just for our families, you know, our even our own parents, our siblings, our cousins, our friends, being strong for all of them. And to me, what that looks like is just being a constant support for them, being kind of something that they can lean on when they're going through trials somebody that they can lean on. And obviously we draw that from God. We don't draw it from our own abilities or strengths, but we draw it from the Lord. And I think when we do that, it's again, it's it's something where we become a place of of peace and even transformation. And again, just like standing firm in, in the faith.
0: Yeah. And I like what you said about standing on the truth. I feel like as men... And women, what does it mean to be strong? It means standing for something. If you don't stand for anything, what, you, like, who are you? You know, and I'm not going to name drop them, but there's a certain celebrity Peter and I were talking about where I I feel like, and I think you would, I think you agreed with me, is like they never take a stand on something. It's like, you know, it's such in the middle that you're not standing on any truth. But this person they want to criticize some people's viewpoints that standing on there are standing on something. And it's to me, it's like, well, at least they're standing on something. Hmm. Like how can you sit and point a finger at somebody and criticize their view if you yourself are not standing upon anything? So I think for men, especially it is standing on something and it should be faith, but if it's, it's not faith, it's at least, on, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, standing and standing and protecting your family or standing on, you know, these principles, I will never do this. You know, I'm, I am,
1: Where do those principles come from, though? That's a discussion for another time. (laughs) Right, right.
0: But, um, you know, I'm consistent. I'm loyal. I'm dependable. I'm hardworking. Those are the things we stand on to to project strength. Amen. Strength doesn't mean you can't have times of weakness because we all have times of weakness. We're not perfect.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say to that, it's like times when we mess up. And yeah, you can call that weakness or just messing up or whatever. But it's, I would say, the importance of being... I feel like it's a word that kind of gets thrown around and maybe isn't quite used correctly, but like being vulnerable. And to me, to me, I know that's a word that is very much a buzzword in, in today's society. But to me, what that looks like is being willing, especially with the people that are closest to you, you have to measure how much of this you give out to certain people, but it's like truly expressing what you, what you're feeling in that moment and what you believe is right and what God is calling you to do. That's, that's what being vulnerable is to me. It's not like just breaking down and being all like uncontrollable with your emotions or something. It's, it's being there. Like, this is how I feel about this. This is what I feel like God's putting on my heart and being willing to, to, to share and express that. And I think that takes strength to do too. It takes strength to open yourself up.
0: Well, it takes strength to be honest too. And a lot of times vulnerability comes through honesty. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I don't know, something I want to touch on real quick before we go through the, some of these scriptures. It's, it's, a really, it's really amazing to me that how, again, this is in the, I don't know, something we spoke about recently, something that happened to me. But strength to me, especially when it comes to being a man and just like a leader, is knowing your, your vulnerabilities, is seeing like your failures and knowing how to move on from them and knowing that you fail as a leader that's something you have to recognize. Yeah. Yeah, like failure is a blessing actually. That's what a lot of people who are you know, successful, even like Kevin O'Leary, you know from Shark Tank, Kevin,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Like in Mark Cuban, these guys are like yeah. you need to fail because that's how you learn is through failure. The greatest and I, teacher. And when I see somebody, when I see somebody in a who is a in a leadership position or a man or whoever who doesn't understand that concept, it speaks volumes about their understanding of leadership and strength. And there's a lot of people who think that they're they're too big to fail. They can't fail.
1: All have and, sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short, yeah, obviously spiritually, yeah, but even even outside of that as well.
0: That is a critical piece of your character as a leader and as a man is like knowing I'm going to fail, but mm-hmm. but also like you said, not dwelling in it, not not breaking down, knowing it's gonna happen and saying, How can I learn from this? How can I move forward and refine my leadership skills, refine my strength?
1: Yeah. You know? It's I, I would say so, it's about it's about accepting it, but not being, definitely not being satisfied. I would say not even, it, it kind of sounds like a contradiction, but like accepting that it happened, but not being okay with Not it, letting with it define it, you. Not letting it define you and not being okay with that failure in the sense of like being okay with that happening again and again. Like a right. one-time failure. Doing everything you that's can to a failure, a failure is a lesson at the end of the day. That's yeah. how I view life in general. When I, when I mess up, when I fall short, when I fail, it is a lesson. It's not yep. like you said it doesn't define me. It's not something to get stuck in, to get all caught up in. It's something to think about, to really process what happened here, what went wrong, what did I do wrong, where did I fall short? What can I do now to be strong, to be honorable, to work at it and if if it applies here to love, you know, to use these four pillars that we've talked about in this episode to move forward from that mistake. And I think these four things are four of the best traits for overcoming a failure and from learning from that experience.
0: Yeah, but yes. And you have to be able to even recognize it to begin with. That's that's like, you know, a lot of people don't want to recognize that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's easy to understand, I guess, at the beginning, if you're not, you know, if you haven't invested the time to, to read I guess to be refined by your faith, especially, but also like just understanding some of the, the core tenets of leadership and um, and strength. It's like, that is the aspect of it, is you're going to fail, yep. um, you know? And, and then you can get in, in kind of into the weeds too with like, well, you can fail, but also there's like certain things that, you know, character-wise and morality-wise and everything like that, you never should cross. That does not qualify as a failure. That's That's just, hmm. you know unacceptable right but then there are things where it's like i'm putting my best foot forward and something goes awry or you or you you know make a mistake that was unavoidable or even you make a mistake that you learn from but it's not into the realm of i i um what's the word i'm looking for i degraded Hmm. my character or i compromised my character that's that's something that should not be
1: well that's why i said you shouldn't be okay with it Right. Like re- regardless of what the failure is, you shouldn't be okay with it happening because it's, right. it's, it is, it's, it's, a failure. It's a call to failure for a reason. Um, true. But yeah, it's, it's like, like you said, being able to to adjust to that and being able to, to move forward. And yeah, like you said, there, there are some failures that cross the line that should never happen that are inexcusable really, I would say. Um, but then again, like, like, I like, I like we, and we see said that especially. sometimes like
0: coaches too, with college football, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> When they have the extreme failures, yeah. I mean, I haven't read enough, and I don't want to speak on anything. But something that comes to mind was the Pat Fitzgerald situation, Northwestern. You know, mm. um, I've heard both sides of that. But yeah. I mean, it, it is know, like
1: it's it's. I feel like a lot of times in those sort of areas, and I even think of the the Urban Meyer situation with with the wide receivers coach there and, and his wife was kind of overlooking things. Maybe, maybe not yeah. necessarily sweeping Non-action. under the rug. Exactly, non action. You know, obviously, if it was swept under the rug intentionally in both of those circumstances, that is—that's I would say that's kind of a line. And again, it's not for us to make that decision and to judge. That's not what we're doing here. That's for God mm-hmm. to judge. But yeah, I would say it's kind of a situation. I'm speaking where about the
0: consequences. Exactly. I'm saying that type of failure there are severe consequences. Yeah, and and there and that's the distinguishing factor now, between. Eventually. Yeah, and and that's and that's the factor between like this is a mistake. I I'm one of the majority of mistakes that are used to refine my strength as a leader. Um, and this is, and that's a different type of mistake. And then you have the mistakes that are compromising the character that has severe consequences.
1: Yeah. But would, either
0: way you can, you can still learn from those mistakes. Right. But I think there's a core set of values as men and women of God that yeah. should never be compromised no matter what. I think it's a matter
1: of like active participation Versus passive participation. Like, if it's something mm. where you mess up and you're like actively involved in that, I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining that really well, but I, I think maybe Conscious. hopefully people Conscious yeah, consciously making that decision. And then passively, like, I, I really liked what you said about where you're putting your best foot forward but things still go awry because that's, that's something we just have to accept. You know, the world is, the world is not perfect. It's far from it. And we're not perfect either. We're far from it. So.
0: Well, you could, you could also have a, have a perspective or a strategy in your mind of the way you do things. And to that point in your life, you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know the right way to do everything yet. So you're going to make mistakes naturally just because you don't know what you don't know. I mean, especially,
1: (laughs) especially at our age. I mean, the kind of common phrase is like, you make the most mistakes when you're in your twenties. Yeah. So it's it's a time again. It's not where we excuse that and be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna do whatever whatever I want to do because I know I'm gonna make mistakes and I'll learn from it. It's not it's not living like that. But no, it is, that's not that. No. It's having the understanding that it's probably as even even when we're putting our best foot forward at this age, we're still gonna mess up probably more than we will because we're just we're gonna learn we're gonna learn from those experiences too. And there'll be different yep. types of mistakes even when we get into you know 30s, 40s, 50s, Lord willing, 60s, but. Yeah, it's, it's a constant process, really, is, is a main thing to kind of hammer home to.
0: It is. So to wrap everything up, um, uh, would you mind if I just read these scriptures? Because they're pretty short. I'm just going to read, kind of fly through these. Um, yeah. If you want to grab, the, you can grab the Isaiah passage if you want.
1: Okay, if we'll you could. Uh, that. I'll, I'll do the. I think, I think I haven't seen the other ones. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14 might be a really good way to wrap this up.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think we could just really end it with good. that. To be honest, if you want, because so.
1: I'm honestly turned to that right now. So yeah,
0: I'm, I'm looking at it right now too. So okay. I'll take look. I'll though. do I'll do Isaiah, and you can wrap up with Corinthians.
1: Okay, perfect. Uh,
0: but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So again, kind of that journey that we're talking about. It's like it's a process, you know.
1: Definitely. And then, did you want to do Deuteronomy too?
0: Uh, let's see. Might as well. thirty one six. Yeah. I am Be strong right and three. courageous. Do mm-hmm. not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you.
1: Amen. It's a great verse. Boss Very up. Very good. Yeah. Boss up. Boss up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I feel like this one kind of ties together the two and kind of this whole thing. And there's a reason why I want to add the other, other verse to it too. First Corinthians 16, uh, sixteen, thirteen, and 14. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. I'll read it again just for added emphasis because mm. I think it's really, really important. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Yeah, Good that's stuff. actually a great way to end it because it kind of yeah. hit on
0: the different points there.
1: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> different pillars. I didn't even Cred- plan on that. Yeah, credit to you for finding that verse. God definitely led you to that one. <laughs> yeah, but you it did literally, the quick literally foot hits there at all the of them. <laughs> <laughs> it wow. literally wraps up all four perfectly. God, wow. God works in that way. It's always awesome to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should end it there then. Yeah, Jeez. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect ending point. <laughs> wow. <what the> heck? <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent perfect right there. <laughs> Yo,
0: that's wild. Okay, do you want to pray?
1: Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start start the prayer with this verse. And maybe maybe you can end with this verse as well when you when you okay. finish up. But right. Lord, Lord, thank you so much for this time. I pray that we would truly constantly be on our guard, that we would stand firm in faith, that we would have courage, that we would be strong, and that we would do everything in love. God, I pray that you would just stamp on our hearts these four pillars that we talked about today and kind of the other points that we had to to surround them as we discussed. I pray that we would love as you loved us, that we would work not to honor ourselves or even our, our jobs that we do, but to honor you, work at everything as working for the Lord, for you, God. I pray that you would give us strength, that we would that we would lean on you for that strength first and then that you would help help Joe and I and everybody listening to this episode to then be able to just provide that strength for others to be somebody to lean on to be a calming presence in the storms and to just just lead through that strength and then finally Lord mm. honorable i pray that you would just help us to to be honest like we talked about in this in this discussion in this episode today And that we would always honor others. And I feel like, Lord, putting others before ourselves is really a way to honor them and to honor others and really ultimately honor you um, by putting you first and putting others before ourselves. So I pray, Lord, that you would just give all of us, Joe and I and everybody listening, these, these four traits, that you would strengthen all of these and that we would just uplift you and glorify you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name.
0: Lord, I want to I want to echo everything Peter prayed, and I just pray that um, that we be responsible men and women of God. That we take responsibility. That we take ownership of our lives. Uh, that we understand we are ultimately the ones who choose uh, to set the example for ourselves, for our families, for our relationships, our friendships, for our coworkers that we that we interact with, um, for everybody who comes into our circle at all. Lord, I I just want us to pray everybody understand today in the episode how important it is every day to conduct ourselves uh, uprightly and to walk uprightly and, and not for the reasons of desiring the blessings that come from it, even though they do, but for the simple reason of it is our duty to do so. And I pray that you would bless and protect all of us listening today and Peter and I for talking about these things who walk uprightly, Lord. I pray you go with us, be our shield, as you've said. Um, and God, I pray that for... These four responsibilities, Lord, for love, to love, to work, to be strong, and be honorable. I pray that all those four things tie together in our lives um, and that just this episode would lift us up today. Anybody who heard it, I hope they enjoyed the laughs a little bit and kind of some of the the funny linings up there. But I think it just shows that you're you're in the midst here, and uh, we praise you for this episode. We pray that it, it reach who needs to reach. Thank you for season two. I pray that uh, you just inspire us with ideas you grow true north talk and allow us to accomplish the purpose of spreading and building your kingdom on this earth in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
1: Well,
0: that is episode two in the books of season two of true north talk. Wow. Season two. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. It that was a good one. That was a fun to. one. It was. Yeah. So if you made it this far, make sure you like and rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify and tune into next week. It's going to be a great episode. Um, but with that being said, This is Joseph signing out.
1: This is Peter signing out. Peace. Peace.